What is going on, spectators? Welcome back to another episode, episode 164 to be exact. The World Cup is here. It started yesterday, and we have all things footy going on. And we have to bring in our boy, the specialist himself, Dev Berrios. And we got Brooklyn as well. Uh, me and him, not so versed in soccer this year in particular. No. But that's why we got we got Mr. Where's Waldo down there himself. And he's going to be getting us Waldo, our guy. Our guide to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, the, the fall winter version. It's weird. There's a lot of new things about it. I don't like it, but we're going to get into it. I'm excited that it's here at all because I feel like it's been forever. Devin, what's going yeah. on, boy? Hello, man. Thanks for finally having me on. Yes, sir. Uh, for episode, episode 164. That is a lot. World Cup season is here. It is different in the winter, but I'm already excited that it's already day two and we've already had so many exciting games so far. Yeah, and we'll we'll kind of just start it off. We've ha again, we've had three games finish officially by the recording of this episode. Starting off with the opener, it was Ecuador and Qatar. It was uh, not so much of a great game, but it was it was cool to have uh, Ecuador opening it. And uh, the <laughs> I, I was on Twitter. I didn't get to watch the game because I was at work, but I was I was checking a lot of the uh, the tweets about it, and I was talking about how uh, the Qatar keeper might have been a farmer. <laughs> it was his it was his if i'm not mistaken it was his very first professional game ever no way yeah yeah <laughs> it was his first, not just international like ever any level yeah, of professional yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah, and hey we gotta give him, we give some credit that it was only two nothing oh yeah. absolutely <laughs> that, my boy balled that's, the, out. that's the game of his life yeah, my boy balled out what in the world? The funny thing about that game was leading up to it, especially with all this controversy about, you know, the culture of this country and um, related reports about things that are restricted. Tar was going to this game as like enemy number one, like public enemy number one. This is actually the first time a host nation loses their opening game of a World Cup ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. Sheesh. Well, because usually they give it to, like, you know, established countries. So, like. Because it's all of a money grab, which is a whole other can of worms. That's a but... whole other thing that we don't have time for today. <laughs> we do not, not have time to talk about the the socio-political status. Yeah. Uh, that, that's for a different pod. No, but it, it really is one of those things. And, I mean, just the fact that they got this event at all is kind of mind-blowing. And. Losing the first game ever as the host country. I didn't know that. That's super interesting. Pretty impressive stat as it goes for how many different places it's been. I mean, think of the 2010 World Cup when it was in South Africa. They're a more of a smaller nation, too, when it comes to, like, established national teams. And it was first game was probably one of the most iconic um, games in World Cup history. Flutes a screamer from outside the box from a player who's – it was pronounced Shabalala, and it was went down in history just because of the commentator. Drury just went off crazy over the commentating <laughs> over the goal. If you ever have time, definitely look up that clip because it is amazing. I, I need to. We'll, we'll I'm actually going to do we'll that do, after. Yeah, we'll do that after <laughs> this. That, that's pretty good. And yes, yeah, so that's that's the opener of it. Uh, that was opening up for Group A. Then we get Group B going today as well. Um, 
England and Iran get the first match. England kind of goes crazy. <laughs> they they kind of have their way in in their opener, which I think we expect yeah, a little bit off. more from Iran, but it doesn't look like we will get that. Six two is not a great uh, debut. I'll tell you what. And a lot no, of the it's goals not. And when it comes to uh, wild. <laughs> the goals were insane. The goals were yeah. absolutely nuts, especially from the England side. They looked very prolific. Um, Kaya Saka, Arsenal star, he looked insane. But when it comes to Iran, they definitely look very disappointing, especially because they come from the Asian Confederation, where they have been pretty dominant um, in their qualifiers. Uh, there's other teams too out of that out of the Asian Confederation, South Korea and Japan, who are really strong, but they've kind of kept their end. So I was at least expecting a closer game. Coming from a USA fan, um, I was actually more worried about playing Iran than it was about Wales. Um, but now that they got destroyed by England, it makes me feel a little better going to that game. But now I'm even more concerned. Now, now must, yeah, must wins now, it feels like. We're back against the wall, even after just one game. But that's how it goes in the World Cup. I mean, you lose one big, you got an uphill battle to climb to get out of the groups. For the most uh, part, and when it comes to World Cup uh, group stage games, you might barely even have one buy. So if you lose one, you have to win the other two. Yeah. But the big thing about group stage games that's so important is uh, goal differential. So with England already having a plus four goal differential, a lot of people don't realize how big that can be because if if two teams end up are tied for second place or even first place, um, the deciding factor is that goal differential. So England already having a plus four in their first game, that's huge for them. Um, so these next few games, I mean, we're in this at one o'clock um, for uh, the U.S. Wales game. That game finishes. We'll have a pretty of how things are going goal differential wise. Yeah, and it makes teams really want to keep the gas pedal just going crazy all ninety minutes because you don't want to go up like two, feel comfortable, and be like, all right, we'll just coast and finish this game off. Now, nah, if you can go get another goal or two, you're gonna make sure you do everything you can, like especially the game. Uh, with uh, Senegal right now and Netherlands, it was the um, extra time. It was the 99th like minute. Nine, yeah, 99th <laughs> minute after eight minutes of extra time got put on and they get another goal and it's like, yeah, it's a, that, it's that's going to help you out big time in the long run. Yeah, it's a big goal for them too because Netherlands is trying to win that that side and to, to keep yep. pace with Ecuador is going to be super helpful for them. Uh, obviously, yeah. they're going to wind up playing each other, so that'll kind of sort itself out, but... If there's a draw in play, they're they're toe to toe at the moment, which is again definitely really big for both of those squads. And for a Netherlands team that missed the last World Cup entirety, and they've known for thirty forty years as a European giant, world giant when it comes to World Cups, they always go far, um, especially in the twenty fourteen World Cup where they won the third place playoff. Uh, this is a this is a turning point for them to really prove that they're still that top dog and. Ecuador is no sleeper. They have some really good young players, um, players like Moises Caicedo, who plays for Brighton in the Premier League, who are a really good team. So um, that's definitely a player to watch for Ecuador. But Netherlands team is more of a younger team as well. Players like Cody Gakpo, Frankie de Jong, you know, the colossal Van Dyke. So that's going to be a really interesting group. I would say probably Netherlands will get first place, but Ecuador is is going to give them some trouble when they match up. 
Yeah, and it's it goes to show the depth of like the um the South American like side of things at this point because Ecuador was never really one of those powers. And now here they are and they're definitely one of the better squads coming out of there and just the Americas in general. So if they can uh if they can sneak out a victory against the Netherlands, they might be putting uh putting some people on unnotice. Absolutely. And then we'll we'll slide over to Group B because that's the one we're super excited for, right? Like you said, this USA Wales game is going to get going, and I imagine for most people listening or watching, this is probably the group they care the most about. Um, <laughs> you know, this is this is a U.S. based pod, right? And we mostly talk American sports, so that's why we don't get too much football in there. But the, with this time of year and this every every so often, it it, it feels like. It feels like it's worth putting our stuff down, shifting our attention, and uh, getting behind this this common this common oh, team I, that we all have. Right? Absolutely, I don't, I don't be watching them soccer if if any, but this time of the year and whenever World Cup rolls around, I'm a soccer fan. So. so so Devin, my question for you, for everybody who doesn't know this this young. Uh, this young USA team. We've heard a lot about them over the last couple of months and how this is one of the, the better generations of American soccer that we've had. Uh, what, what makes them special and who are we looking out for to uh, make it a special opportunity and run for them if they were going to make one? Say what makes this team so special is the fact that we are the youngest team um, out of any team in the World Cup right now. Our captain, Tyler Adams, he's 23 years old. Um, we're all just very, they're a young and hungry and very energetic team. A lot of physical players that like to play hard and not give the t- other teams a lot of time to play with the ball. What makes them so different than other teams in the past? I know, you know, we didn't, the World Cup um, in 2018, that was a huge loss. And usually uh, years prior to that, we didn't have a lot of U.S.-based players playing in the best leagues in the world, in La Liga, the Premier League, all the big, premise the top five leagues in Europe. I had maybe sprinkled in one or two players that were playing in those leagues. Now, majority of our uh, majority of our team that got called up to the um, to Qatar, all playing for the top teams in, in Europe. Pulisic at Chelsea, Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson at Leeds. Uh, you got Weston McKennie at Juve. You got. Virginia Dest at AC Milan. So these are these are players that are only just squad players. They are starting uh, players playing for their the best teams in Europe. So that's a big shift for us, and it, it makes it a, the the world of difference when it comes to the type of players that we're going to be up against in this group stage. Um, so it's there's nothing but up um, from here for this team, especially how young they are. It'd be super super fun to watch. Yeah, and so you mentioned Pulisic. Uh, that's probably the one everybody knows. He's kind of been around for a while, despite him also being very young. Uh, that that's that's the main guy that kind of got this ball rolling for this new USA like revolution. And I don't think it can be understated. Like, although he may or may not be the best player on this squad, just kind of what he represents to this team. You know, for getting to the Premier League at a young age and now, you know, breaking starting lineups and being on a team as successful as Chelsea. Uh, what that provides to a USA team that has always had aspirations, but never quite had the, uh, the the talent, you know, really to get there. Yeah, and I will say, um, 
he was kind of the first player out of this generation of players to make that jump. He started at Borussia Dortmund in, in Germany when he was 17, made his jump, made the switch over to Chelsea when he was uh, 21. Um, but since since he made a switch to uh, Chelsea, there's just been nothing but more and more players blooming in Europe. Um, so he's definitely, even at the age of 23, he's our most um, one of our most seasoned players on this crazy. national team. Which so, is crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, which is nuts. I mean, his his career is not even halfway over. I um, mean, he's had a lot of injuries, um, troubles, but he still has that flair in him, just that kind of decisive factor of, you know, that one-on-one dribbler that can just create something out of nothing. That's kind of what he's known for. Um, but ever since he's made that jump, now we have so many other players that are performing so well in Europe. So as long as, you know, more of our season, I mean, we have a center back. His name's Tim Ream. He's 35 years old. He's our oldest player. He's, I would say Christian Pulisic is in that bracket with him as one of our most experienced players. That's going to be crucial for, um, of like the the motive like the energy around the team when we when things get tough in certain games yeah and i mean especially if they go far in this things are not going to come easy i mean this is against guys who are professional international players right i mean there's Mm -hmm. some guys that play for their club and then you know for some of these super proud countries like they come out and they are a different animal when it comes to international play i mean just just look at like a team like croatia even like they have a couple of names that you recognize but then you see them play you're like man like why are they dominating right now (laughs) and and it's it's just one of those things where you get into international play and it's, it's just a different beast and there's not really anything that you can do to describe it but like it, it just makes sense, right? A it, it makes sense, flips and, it makes, and you just start balling. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes it sense, and what makes the sport? It makes the sport so, so unique to what it is, and that's pretty much what the U.S. team has been known for in past World Cups. If you look at the 2014 World Cup, with pretty much our our golden age of players at the time, with you know Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, Tim Howard, um, Jermaine Jones, we were never a team that was looked at as all oh, they got, you know the star factor we have have dominant players but we this team has always been a physical passionate team playing like till their legs give out i mean we took portugal prime ronaldo to 2-2 group stage and we took um one of the favorites of the world cup that year belgium them to extra time in the, the round of 16 didn't get the result we wanted but just that that's kind of pretty much the point is that we don't have at the time we didn't have that that star factor, but we had you know play hard players, and so now that we have those kind of star caliber esque players that are playing in the top leagues, it's it's going to be so exciting to watch this this young USA team. Yeah, and so again, uh, if you guys are listening to this, like that match is most likely over, or you're watching it in conjunction with it. But we're looking forward to that. Again, this isn't the game that we're all necessarily worried about per se. You have to be worried about all of them, but. We're looking forward to the Iran matchup, and we're looking forward to that England matchup for USA. Um, fully expecting the U.S. and England to make it out of this pool, but you know, weirder things have happened. So, if you were to ask me before before this England game where they dem- demolished Iran, I had USA coming up on top, top spot, just because solely based on the fact that leading up to the World Cup all the international games England was playing, they were struggling to score goals. They were losing um, games in Europe in the Nations League. So I was like, they're really not clicking well. But once World Cup came, 
Cup time came, they're really, you know, balling out. So it'd be tough for USA to get top spot here. Um, Wales, no sleeper either. Um, definitely a player to watch there is Gareth Bale. Um, he's a three-time, three-time Champions League winner with um, Madrid. Just went to the MLS with LAFC. Um, won the MLS Cup there. So and they have, they have they have sprinkled in um, a lot of other young talents um, out England that play for Wales. And also, I, I mean. Expect- if anybody remembers for the last World Cup, or I don't know, not World Cup, it was Euros. That Euros. For, yeah, for Euros, they had that epic uh, group stage, essentially, that got them into the round of 16, and that was just not supposed to happen at all. Yeah. And I remember that being, like, a really big thing. Because Euros, I don't remember which Euros that was, but, like, I was pretty it was, intently it was the watching 2020 it. It was that the 20- happened a year later, yeah, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Which was crazy because they had um, pretty much the the goals that they scored. They scored two goals in, the, in that crazy game. I can't f- remember who it was, but player who scored the goals, Robson Canoe. He didn't even have a club team at the time. He was a free agent, released from his previous club. And after his performance in that Euros, he ended up you know going to the Premier League, um, playing for a, a smaller team. But still, he it's kind of crazy. A, a player that has had such a bad luck. Uh, for club time and then comes to the, to the national stage and, and performs is just one of the cooler stories. Um, so, And it, it, a good comparison for, again, the non-big uh, soccer fans is like think of going into the NCAA March Madness tournament. You're kind of like a fringe draft pick guy. And then you get three Cinderella wins in a row. You're putting up 25 plus, And all of a sudden you're like a, a fringe like first rounder. It's kind of like one of those. Yeah. Like, you can ball yeah. out in these types of events, whether it be Euros, whether it be the North American tournament or the World Cup, and earn your way onto a major club. And so that's another reason that like some of these guys are playing a little bit extra. The the spotlight's on them. People are watching. All Absolutely. all eyes are on you. Yeah. This is the best highlight tape you could possibly have. <laughs> right. <Seriously. laughs> if you're getting cooked. <laughs> Don't don't get cut. <laughs> cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. <laughs> cut the cameras. <laughs> oh man. Um. We'll we'll then quickly go through some of these other groups and kind of what we expect out of them. Uh, and I think that's just probably the best way to go about this. Group C has one of the biggest powerhouses there is with his last 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 ride allegedly. Well, I don't believe it. Uh, Messi and Argentina. In his last World Cup, we got Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. This is a pretty good. This is a pretty good group we got here. Yes, we do, and I feel like most people come 2014, 2018 for a while. Yeah, this is definitely Messi's last World Cup. But no, seriously, he's in his late 30s now, 2022. I'll this, believe it when I see it. For sure, I believe <laughs> it when I see it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Until For next sure World Cup rolls around, around and yeah. he's like, yeah, hey, you, like, you know, they, they need one, 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 one more. He, <laughs> they can just squeeze, it's like they can just squeeze the, the last one out of them. Yeah, you bring them <laughs> off the bench. It is, it is what it is. Yeah, but uh, the thing, the, the crazy thing about this Argentina team is, you know, 2014 was their best run in a long time. They got to the final, lost an extra time to Germany. I would argue their team now is much more well-rounded and more stacked at least when it comes to their starting lineup um they have a much more you know stronger midfield um 
with players like uh, Lo Celso, um, and uh, his, his name is, is for, uh, slipping my mind, but they have really good center mid that plays for Atletico Madrid. Um, but those are really two powerhouses. So now Messi actually has a good foundation of a midfield and back line that can kind of let him play his game. So I can see them obviously going the whole way, depending on how things go up in their matchups, because they're for sure getting past the group. Yeah. Um, but just depending on how they match, because if they if they have to face Brazil early, oof, that's tough. Um, <laughs> that game could go either way. Um, yeah, I would say they're definitely a favorite to win this World Cup. And uh, the rest of their group, when it comes to them, Mexico is always a team that's um, has been known to like no one really wants to play against them. They're they're such a wild card when it comes to the talent that they have. Um, but I do think that this is more of a weaker team. Yeah, I don't expect them to um, perform that well. I would. My the only reason why I say that is because majority of their team is, has players only coming stemming from the MLS and the Mexican league. Um, not a lot of players that are in Europe are made the squad, and then they have a, a really good striker, Raúl Jiménez. That's pretty much the guy to watch for them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them getting out of the script if they do. Um, surprise. Um, the other team in there, uh, Poland. Poland's got Robert Lewandowski. I mean, the arguably the the best striker in the world for the last still, couple of years. Yeah, still, um, still. I mean, on par with Kareem Benzema. I mean, that alone is kind of just like X factor of you know not a great team, but that one player can make a world's difference. So um, it'll be an, a, a very entertaining uh, matchup between Poland and Argentina, and then Poland and Mexico. Sorry to Saudi Arabia, they're. <laughs> They're, they're not going to hey, do well. Uh, shout out to game, shout out to making it. <laughs> shout out to making it for <laughs> sure. Their goal is to at least win one game. That's that's probably their goal. You think they get that? I I I think they don't. But like their only chance is against Mexico. So yeah. And if if Mexico loses to Saudi Arabia, there's hell to pay <laughs> in Mexico. <Yeah>. So <laughs> so. Oh, man. I don't think they can go home safely to, to no that'll be a that'll be a tough flight back for them so uh, we'll move on to group D not so much of a great group in terms of overall power but they might have the best squad in this um I think they're I, I haven't checked any like Vegas things but I would imagine France is probably the favorite to win it all definitely when it comes to what they've done recently in the past. Um, you know, they're the, they're the defending champions, um, won the 2018 world cup as the clear favorite and was pretty much, and they were dominant they, the whole time. They were dominant and they pretty much just kind of swept each team aside. It really yeah. wasn't, um, they didn't really have much of a hard time, um, losing any game. Um, so yeah, defending champs, I will say this. Yes. France is very, still very stacked. Not much has changed. They've lost two big players since they, uh, announced the official squad roster, Christopher Nkunku, who is a, a, an up-and-coming, brilliant player that plays in Germany, he injured in training, and then a couple days ago, lost Kareem Benzema to um, to another injury as well. So they're, that's down two star players. But like I said, they are so stacked. Um, with injured players, they can easily replace those injured players with new ones. They haven't, they haven't said they are yet, but they're for sure not playing. But they have a stacked squad. thing to remember, though, is... There is a big curse when it comes to defending champs. Um, 2010 World Cup, Spain wins it all. 2014, around Spain can't even get the group stage. 
and um, Germany wins the World Cup in 2018. Uh, Germany can't get out the group stage in 2018. So, and there's definitely other stories like that in the past. Um, So if they beat that curse, then they can go pretty far in the world, pretty far in the in the bracket knockout. So. That's going to be a funny thing to watch if they if they can't get out the group stage. Look, looking at this man. group, though, what are the odds that they aren't getting out of it? Like, let's be very transparent here. What is if they don't get out, that curse goes crazy. It goes crazy. <laughs> it's worse than the Madden curse. <laughs> that curse has a lot of traction if if it still comes true. I mean, yeah. the thing, the only way I would see them not getting out is if they had to play Denmark first. Because um, Denmark is actually um, one of the dark horses of this tournament. Um, they had such a brilliant run in uh, the 2018 World Cup where they lost to Croatia in knockout stages to penalties. Um, and they had a great run in the Euros of 2020. Um, they just have a really good team. Players like um, uh, Christian Eriksen, who's been around for a while, he's had an incredible story, especially yeah. that crazy yeah. match in the last Euros where he. Um, suffered i think it was cardiac arrest he had a heart attack yeah it was, yeah I rem- that was like a big that was crazy too because that was just he just dropped it was yeah. like, it was like actually very scary Fine. like we thought he might have like not gotten through that and thankfully that yeah. all was like well and he's back to playing so yeah it was crazy that he like survived and people weren't even questioning like he won't he might not even come back and play soccer anymore but he's back he's on the squad he's fully fit um, so he's pretty much their their most dynamic player, but they have other great players um, like Boybjerg um, that plays for Tottenham. They have good players like Andreas Christensen, center back for Barcelona. So they just have a really good uh, spinal of, of really good players, and they've they've been going toe to toe with these European giants in in the UEFA Nations League. Um, you know, really giving a tough time for teams like Portugal and stuff like that when they did match up. So I I would see. Um, Denmark getting out of this group, but since um, France doesn't have to play Denmark first, I think they'll be fine getting out of the group at in the top spot. I wouldn't be surprised though if Denmark made a little on top over over France. France getting the two spot, but yeah, Australia and Tunisia, they their their squad just don't don't compare to the caliber of these two European teams. So um, I, I don't see them even winning a game. Maybe against each other. <laughs> a draw. The no wins. No win uh, challenge. And there is something to be said. You mentioned Benzema's likely not going to be playing. Benzema just won the best player in the world, world. this last, like, mo- a month ago. He just won it. And they're going to replace him and arguably get better because they get faster. And it, it, it's it's crazy that, like, you're able to do that. There's no other team internationally that could replace him at all except france and now it's like oh man we don't have benzema mbappe and griezmann i guess we'll just have Giroud there like let's yeah, put a exactly. bigger body there it's, it's crazy so and would he be out for the whole tournament if they make a run um or is, or is he so just out for the group stage that's still under that's still like under review i guess nothing has been um released okay. yet how long he'll be out he hasn't been dropped from the squad Usually, if it was like a really long-term injury, they just drop him. Like, like somebody else. Yeah. and for a World Cup, I mean, the World Cup is, is a month long. So if it's like if if he says that his injury is going to take three weeks, yeah, that he's he's getting dropped from the group. So since that hasn't happened, it was probably just a really bad knock. He'll probably be out for like three or four days. Um, that's still like a hard maybe. So we might see him um, in the later stages of the group stage, but you know, no promises. 
but yeah, it's the the fact that oh, you lost Benzema, but you know <laughs> you're, they're like you, fine. And I like that you brought up Giroud because for you know for, I mean, they both pretty much played their careers around the same time. They're on yeah. they're on similar ages, Giroud and Benzema. Um, for at least a good four or five years, Benzema had uh, controversy um, with um, a lot of bad things behind the scenes. He actually got um, dropped from the France squad for about like five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's finally back on the team. But in that period, Giroud's been the main striker. And he was like him. the guy. Like, yeah. It's he, not he like they lost. He still has that guy. Um, but, you know, Benzema's clearly the better, the better player. But... Of great, one of the things that um, a lot of viewers of this World Cup should look out for is uh, Giroud's uh, goal-scoring record. So he is sitting just three goals away from overtaking Thierry Henry as the all-time uh, France leading goal scorer in all competitions. And since Benzema is now um, with the knock, I can see him. I can see Giroud breaking that record just in the group stage alone. And I really want him to do that because he is—he's uh, a striker that's been slept on for so many years. He's had to, you know, fight with the best strikers in the world for playing time at France and at club level because um, he's played for, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, AC Milan in his late 30s. And he's still, you know, he's still, you know, getting that on that starting lineup. So he's he's always been a phenomenal striker. And I really want to see him break that that record. And I really hope to see that he breaks it in the, in this group stage in this group stage um, of the tournament. Dude, one Arsenal legend to another. Passing the torch. Exactly. Passing yeah. the torch. Pretty, exactly. Pretty, 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 pretty cool stuff. Um, let's move on. Uh, this next group is probably one of the better ones. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the better ones, actually. Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, and Spain. There is not an easy win in this group. At all. <laughs> this, oh, there is, not at all, dude. This is not at crazy. If you guys have ever seen the U.S. play Costa Rica in any of like their CONCAF stuff, they are a pain in the ass to play. <laughs> yes, and even in, even when you look back at the 2014 World Cup, the 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 emergence of their world class keeper Kaylor Navas, who's now at PSG, that 2014 run was absolutely unput like unstoppable. He in the knockout stage, they got to two different um, PK shootouts, and he was. Lights was more important than any of the any of the PK takers themselves. He was insane, and that was the reason why he got his move to Real Madrid. So yeah, this Costa Rica team is kind of in that bracket. Um, if you know the USA, Mexico, Canada trio, I would say like they're just outside that, and um, they're a, a dangerous team to deal with. But yeah, and that's just that's probably the weakest squad out of that's the four. Probably and, the weakest, and it's yeah. not. It's just not. It's just not. Yeah, because like you got you know Japan who. Not a lot of people know they have a lot of young talent that all play in Europe as well. They have Takafusa uh, Kubo who plays in in Spain, and he is. Per- they call him the the Japanese Messi. Um, so he's got some shoes to fill, but he he he's really he's real quality. That's definitely one of the players to watch for them. Um, and then you got two powerhouses in Germany and Spain, who you know past World Cup winners, and they're probably just as stacked, if not a little less stacked, France. Um, this Germany team is probably the most informed team going into this tournament. They have been high flying with goals in the in the most recent friendlies leading up to the World Cup. Um, they have really star players like Kai Havertz and Jamal Musiala, two really young players that are um, prolific and create a lot of chances for their teams. Um, and then you have Spain, who 
have a strong team, but the coach did make some shocking drops to the roster. Um, they left out two big names. Um, they didn't bring uh, goalkeeper David De Gea, who is, in my opinion, their best goalkeeper, and he didn't even make the squad. You have, you know, longtime legend Sergio Ramos that didn't make the squad either, um, who was Real Madrid great and now playing for PSG. And funny Which thing is, because he's still playing well, it's not like he's a, a step back either. But so at PSG, every, there's actually a stat this season that. Every game that he's played in for PSG, they haven't lost. They've won every single game where he plays. So, which is you know, he's older, but I think some, that was some winners game. just win. It's it's kind of one of those yeah. things that some guys find ways to make important plays despite uh, uh losing a step or whatever it might be. So, definitely a shocker yeah. that he didn't make it. And this is not the Spain team that we're kind of used to seeing either. Um, no. They're definitely not it's as hungry. they're not they're much younger. They're not as technical as like that was a 20 the 2010 team that was just like clinical yeah. like that team was like they would never make a bad pass like they were kind of crazy oh. so it's yeah, definitely not the same we're used to yeah, they won 28 20 2008 euros 2010 world cup 2012 euros so they had a, like a crazy dominant run there um, and they still yeah so when it comes to like the youth of that team i mean they have this the the golden boy um winner so every year there's a golden boy winner of like the the most promising young talent year and he uh they have a player pager he won it last year um so he's he's incredible but when it comes to this this group in general i generally could not tell you who i predict to get top spot here if i had to guess it'd be germany but even second spot i don't i can I don't see know. spain kind of flopping a little bit <laughs> and see and see japan japan getting that number two spot people are going to sleep on japan i think Dude, they're, they're here, here's here's my take of this this uh group what's going to wind up happening is Japan is going to get a sneaky win over Spain and they're going to draw Germany and they're just going to cause all sorts of chaos. <laughs> that That's how I'm feeling about this group. Expect from a group of death. I mean, this is, yeah. this isn't the group of death. I would say there's probably of two, maybe three. We'll get to the third, maybe, but this is definitely one of two big um, group of deaths that you just can't really see how things can go. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that. What day do we get those matches in? I think those are on Tuesday or. So today was um, finishing group A and B. Tomorrow is group C and D. Get that Wednesday. Um, we get we'll Wednesday. get group B on Wednesday. Uh, yeah. yeah the we get Spanish those Wednesday. So definitely look out for Wednesday because we have that. And then we have this next group as well. That is pretty not quite as good, but still got some some good stuff going for it, and that is going to be Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. Um, Canada has been a pushover in years past. They are not quite that anymore. They're they're a little bit better. They're a little more competitive. This is a tough one though with Croatia, who second in Euros in the last European Cup, and then Belgium, which is just always not fun at all to play against. Yeah, um, this is definitely a very fun group as well, just based on the fact that Canada, the first time being in a World Cup since one of the tournaments in the 90s. I can't I can't remember which one, but I think one of the world, uh, tournaments in the 90s was their last appearance in a World Cup. So it's been well over 20 years since they've even been in a World Cup. And they're the, going to be two in a row. <laughs> two in a row. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're locked and, in. Yeah, and so the funny thing is, yeah, that's right, because we were hosting uh, next the next yeah. one in 2026. 
but they did they qualified for this World Cup in such amazing fashion. Um, in the qualifiers, they completely classed every other CONCACAF team, even USA. USA uh, finished second. There was a, at least like a five, six point gap at the end of the qualifiers to make so Canada got the top spot. Incredibly impressed for them. They have a great team. The um, best player being Alfonso Davies, who plays left back for Bayern Munich. That's pretty much their star player. And it's so funny how um, the way Canada play, he's so pivotal for them. He plays left back for Bayern, but ex- when you see Canada play, that's where he is. He'll be playing at attacking mid or maybe even left winger striker. That's how that's how poor he is for Canada. Um, <clears throat> the rest of their players are more MLS based, but they're 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 really strong players. They also have a really good striker named uh, Jonathan David who plays in France for Los Galil. So they are going to have a time in this group because they have to go against you know a great team in Croatia, like you said, who have been going so far in these last couple European and World Cup tournaments. I mean, they still have Luka Modric. Almost looks like he's should be expected to play on one leg at this point, but he's still running around like a madman every game. Um, and then you have Belgium, who have been holding on to this um, golden generation of players with Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, um, Eden Hazard, Thorgan Hazard. Um, they're now in the later start stages of their career, but they, they're still the golden generation. Went so far in the 2018 World Cup, only lost to France um, in the semifinals. But um, yeah, they're still a great team, and... Um, this is going to be interesting. I would definitely say Belgium for sure going through, toss up for second between Canada and Croatia. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about this this bracket too is like you have two of the better midfielders in in the tournament, right? With with De Bruyne, who's obviously been the the crux of what's made Man City so great over the last couple of years, and then you do have Luka Modric as well, who you like he's getting up there in age, but like it it just does not matter when you just like bring what he does and it's more than just like his ball possession. So he's, he's incredible. I expect to see some more brilliant plays from Luka Modric when it comes to his passing and his dribbling for a cup. I also want to say shout out to Morocco for just being like some point fodder for these teams. I appreciate you. Yeah. They're, they're going to be there for a good time. And that, that's the that's the cool thing, too, is that some of these nations are just happy to just be in just the World relishing Cup. the experience, yeah. Yeah. So, like, teams like Tunisia, who will struggle to win a game. Morocco, definitely a better team when it comes to they have some players that are playing for really good teams in Europe. Atraf Hakimi for PSG and uh, Hakim Ziyech, but there's really not much depth there. Um, definitely don't have the, the caliber of quality that the other teams in the group have. So they're just happy to be there. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things you make it into a world cup. And if you're a Moroccan descent, you're like, Hey, maybe I can go play for that team. Whereas in the past it might've been, oh, well, I'm playing in France. So let me play for France or, you know, so right. it, it yeah. just making it really opens up doors for these squads. Uh, group G has Brazil. It, it's that's just gonna be the class of that one, but I know Devin has some insight on these other teams, and I want to hear yes. how you feel about these other squads because the names don't jump out at you, but don't no. let this fool you. Yeah, and you know you pretty much nailed on the head. I mean, in Serbia, Switzerland, a lot of you know just the casual viewers who only watch the sport when it comes to the World Cup, they're not gonna know anything about these three teams. Um, obviously Brazil is the 
undisputed <laughs> favorite for this World Cup with how stacked they are. Yeah. I, it just doesn't make sense how when that squad roster came out, I was just blown away. I mean, every single position is just of the best players in the world in, in every position. So they, I can see that. Um, I can see them not having any trouble in this group for a top spot. But when you look at these other teams, um, Serbia, who would expect to not have a great team, but they actually have incredible players. Um, star striker Alexander Mitrovic, who uh, plays for Fulham, he is just came off of a season in the championship, scored forty eight goals. Oh in the God. championship, just in just in that competition alone, you scored about a lot more in other competitions. But forty eight is insane. That's, that's so like that's awesome. literally a, that's a goal a game. If that's a goal game, because there's forty eight games um, in the championship season. So, oh my God! So he's coming <laughs> and he's started the Premier League on fire. He um, um, had some injury trouble, but I mean, he scored great goals in the first few games. So I mean, and that's just one player they have. Other great Serbian um, Serbian players um, like uh, Milinkovic Savic uh, as a center mid who plays for Lazio in Serie A. Um, they have uh, Luka Jovic, uh, who's another striker who plays for Fiorentina. They just, you know, they have talent in very interesting places that can cause trouble for teams. Um, and when it comes to uh, Switzerland, um, they're more of a consistently present team in, in World Cups. I, I, I can't remember the last time. They haven't been in a World Cup, but they've been in uh, 11 previous World Cup tournaments. But they have, you know, some decent players, uh, such as Breel and Bolo, a uh, striker, um, and uh, Zerd and Shakiri, you know, who's played um, for all the big teams in Europe, Inter Milan, Stoke City, <laughs> Liverpool, um, who's now playing for Chicago Fire. But So they have a pretty decent team. Um, see them getting past this group, um, but... I'd say that they're going to give these teams a tough time. And Cameroon is the last team in this group. I would say they actually have the, the weaker squads of all African teams. Um, so they're going to have, they're going to struggle as well. Um, for this group, I say that, you know, obviously Brazil in top spot, definitely Serbia. I can see as getting that second spot in this group. Yeah. And, you know, again, these some of these smaller European teams like like Serbia are smaller in terms of name, like Belgium. Like those are the kind of teams you you got to look out for because they do have the one big guys that can break a game open uh, if given the opportunity. So some look out for. And then likely what Devin was referring to earlier as the group of death. It's every time Ghana is there, they're in the group of yeah. death. They create the group of death. They are the death. It's Ghana, yeah. South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. This is yeah, not they, one of the higher end at in terms of like the top end talent for the competition, right? There's no Brazil, there's no Germany, there's no France in this group. But there is not much that separates any of these teams from each other. These are all, all like if you had to put tier lists of all these teams, they are all in the same tier as as it comes to this this uh tournament and i have no idea what to think about it yeah and so this is pretty much the other group uh other group of death that i was referencing to um in accordance to the first one we talked about with uh group e with costa rica germany japan and spain this group h is actually insane when it comes to you know all the big names on every on every team um this ghana team just picked up a lot of um english players 
that did not get called up to the England national team, and they decided to um, back to their African heritage and are playing for Ghana. So they have, you know, a coming right back in uh, Tariq Lamptey, who plays for Brighton. Um, they took um, Inyaki Williams, who was originally of uh, Spaniard, uh, is living in Spain, Spaniard citizenship, but he's playing for Ghana. So they have a great team, um, and they've always had a great team when it comes to these World Cups. They're a absolute menace to play with pretty much like you said every the past every, few world cups that they have been in they're in the group of death i mean just just thinking back to that 2014 world cup with usa usa portugal and germany they put on a show they gave every single team in that group a hard time um went toe-to-toe with um the winners of that tournament germany beat portugal so i expect nothing less from them in this group but yeah every other team is absolutely nuts i mean when it comes to portugal People um, that I've seen discuss the World Cup with, they see them as one of the favorites. Um, I don't think they are. Don't get me wrong. They have, they should, on paper, they should win the World Cup. Um, they have the same caliber of players as Brazil does. They're absolutely stacked. Cristiano Ronaldo, Jao Felix, um, Togo Jota was not injured. He'd be there. But Bruno Fernandes, um, Ruben Diaz, I mean, the list just goes on and on. They're absolutely stacked. But they've struggled the last... Um, cycles of international duty games um, when they shouldn't have. So it's almost like this coach really doesn't know what to do with all this talent. So I can see them struggle, but, you know, with this group, no, no, no everything's up in the air. Um, and then Uruguay is going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch. They have held on to their still great strikers, Luis Suarez, Essen Gavani. They've made the squad, but now they actually have a great foundation of younger players who are just really, really at the top of their game in Europe. Um, got Benson Cora, center mid for uh, Tottenham. They have uh, Federico Valverde, arguably one of the best players, uh, midfielders in Europe at the moment, playing for Real Madrid. Um, they have a young striker, Darwin Nunez, who just made his big move to Liverpool, scoring goals left and right for them. So they're going to be an absolute dangerous team to play against. Um, lastly, we have South Korea. Um, really much of a, a well-rounded, balanced team, but if you have human son, you can do anything. I mean, this guy is absolutely insane for Tottenham. Surprised at having a player like him in that Tottenham team that haven't won a trophy yet because um, he is just that good. And because he is that good, he's going to give every single team in this group a run for their money. So just like uh, group just like Group E, I can really can't really see how this group's going to go. I'm going to say... Um, which I've had this as a prediction in my past that I would say Uruguay tops this group and Portugal will barely, barely get second. Dude, I, I like that that call on the Uruguay one because, I mean, if we've seen them in big tournaments over the last, you know, seven, eight years, uh, Suarez and Cavani kind of ball out when, when the tournaments matter. When it's when it's the smaller games, it, it's not so much of an importance. Um but they've always given Argentina fits. They've beaten Argentina a handful of times. They've played Brazil a handful of times. They've beaten them as well. So, I mean, if you if you can get even in into the same conversation as them, you're you're doing something right. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about these South American teams is that um, in their own confederation, when it comes to like qualifiers, there's this running gag that no team wins away from home, and that's true. Because all those South American nations, they have so much beef. They're, they're so passionate about the sport. 
actually from other countries that it almost turns into kind of like a, like a hatred for each other. Yeah. So when they play, there's just absolute brutal physical games. And that's where the gag comes from, that no one wins um, away from home. If you're home, you're going to win that game. Um, and that takes a part in World Cup team, um, games too. When these South American teams play against each other, if they ever do match up, it's a, it's a, it's a blood sport. I can remember back in 2014, Colombia faced uh, Brazil in, I think, the quarterfinal. It was just absolute blood fest they were they're out to kill each other there's so many different yellow cards and red cards in that game that should have been red cards but um yeah uruguay is a feisty team high quality that's why i think they're gonna get first place in that group yeah and that's uh that's really the group to look out for again because really anything can happen uruguay could lose this first game and just flip this whole script on its head so and i could very well see it like it's it's kind of one of those yeah things. exactly uh and you mentioned colombia i want to talk about them and another team real quick with italy two of the bigger mainstays when it comes to just seeing them yeah. in the tournament not here they did not qualify italy who did they lose to to not it was like not the best of squads that they they lost and it knocked them out of contention they lost. I, I want to say they lost to Serbia. Serbia was already qualified. Um, don't quote me on that, but from the because I watched that game, yeah. I want to say it was either Serbia or Ukraine. Um, but yeah, it was a huge. They needed. It was in the. Um, ended up getting not. They ended up having to go to like the last resort of getting um, of getting uh, called up or like making it to the World Cup. It was the Intercontinental Cup. And Portugal almost missed out, um, but they ended up performing pretty well in that. But yeah, Italy is um, a huge loss to um, to this tournament, especially you consider that they just won the 2020 Euros. So a team that just won the 2020 Euros doesn't make a World Cup. That's just absolutely insane to me. And there's definitely like this precedent that um, if you win the 2020 Euros, that you should automatically qualify for the World Cup because that's you're saying. You're the best your team World in Cup Europe, but you're away. not good enough for the world. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> a, a World Cup that's two years after every every Euros, you're not gonna be a part of it. That's just insane to me. Huge loss, but I mean they also, you know, that's just how the rules go. I mean, you, get, you, you have gotta qualify outside of the one tournament, yeah. you know. Um, you, if you're not you're not performing in qualifiers, then you don't deserve to be there, which is you know no. all fair. It's just um it's just crazy that they miss out. Um yeah, Colombia too, they've always been such an exciting team to watch uh, in the World Cup 2014. Probably one of their better ones. Getting to the fire or the quarterfinals in such in such fashion with James Rodriguez playing out of his mind. Um, big loss as well. Yeah, it's it, again. It's crazy that those squads aren't here, but there's always going to be somebody who doesn't make the cut. Uh, Brooklyn. I know you haven't had a lot to to offer in terms of analysis on this, <laughs> but you do Talk have a gut feeling. I do. You do have a gut feeling. And I want to know, from the outside perspective, you're looking and you're just seeing names and colors on a board. (laughs) What is your gut feeling on a final in this World Cup? On a final? Give me a a two-team final out of you. Two-team final. We are going to go... Without keeping, like, the the routes in mind. We don't care about that. Yeah. yeah, That's that's not important. That's... That's semantics. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go England, Uruguay. 
that's a fun one. <laughs> that's a yeah, really that's fun, a fun one. one. Going okay. to England, Uruguay. Luis Suarez yeah. getting the World Cup victory, huh? Or is it finally never... coming home? <laughs> oh, it's never. It's, it's not coming never home, coming home. It's, it's never. Coming, it's never coming home. <laughs> the last the last time those two teams played, where it was actually in the 2014 World Cup in the the group stage, they were in the um, they were in the group of death um, with Italy, and I can't remember the fourth team, but Uruguay came on on top. So if that was the final, I would see Uruguay winning that. <laughs> I, I would as well, but that would be a, that would be a little zesty. One. Yeah, it would. Devin, how about you? Where where are your predictions on this? When it comes to the final, um, I would say let it be written in the stars for a Brazil Argentina final. Ooh. That would be that that's would be that's amazing. Cool. That's a bloodbath waiting yeah. to happen. The way that the brackets come out, as long as they both teams get first place, they will be on opposite sides. I'm sorry, I'm going to get into the semantics now of how the... the, no, the, no, the you're you're allowed to. You're allowed to. <laughs> but if they both get first place in their groups, then they'll be on opposite sides of the bracket, and that's pretty much the, the groundwork that needs to be laid for such a juicy final to happen. Um, so as long as they both get first place and they win all their games up to the final, that's how they'll meet. Um, and if that happens, I genuinely could not tell you who could win that game. I mean, Brazil's the favorites, but... When it comes to a Brazil Argentina, like that's like one of the classic international rivalries that it just yeah. so that'll be fun. That, yeah, <laughs> and I truly think that can happen. So, and I hope it does. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna move in slightly, slightly different, but also the same. I'm going to go with Belgium and Argentina, and Argentina is gonna win it off the will and the strength of the Messi farewell tour. We've, <laughs> we've seen <laughs> diabolical things this season and last season in the MLB happen with farewell tours. And that trend's going to continue into somehow world soccer. And that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't like it, but it's, it's what the gut's saying. <laughs> yeah. When I, I thought you were going to say uh, Portugal, Argentina, that no, would no, be, no. that would be nuts. Cause then that's, nobody's that's, ever more I'll down go. on Portugal than I am. I don't know why. <laughs> I've I've never felt what they're what they're cooking. Never. I agree with you too. Like they they're stacked, but you know they haven't been as performing as well as they should. But just that would be another crazy story too. You know Portugal Argentina the yeah. whole Messi yeah. versus Ronaldo the, the last be ride. So the, the last that true battle. battle. Yeah. Yeah. If there if, was if, ever a storyline, if there that, was ever the if there was ever a reason to think this was rigged, look out for that. <laughs> For that final, yeah. Look out for that final. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Which it's it's Art, in Qatar, so it sure as hell might be rigged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've done a lot to get it there. But, uh, yeah, so we got this USA game is either about to kick off or just did. It just kicked we're, off we're, about five we're minutes six minutes in. Yeah, right we, now. Are, we are out here watching it, so we're going to get out of <laughs> here so we can go ahead and enjoy that. Go USA. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit about the team. If you didn't know too much about them, let us know who you guys think are going to make it to the final and just make it out of the groups in general. And we'll keep you up to date with the World Cup coverage as it goes. We'll probably be talking about it the next couple weeks on the pod. And check out our TikTok over at Spectators Media and our Instagram where you'll get a lot of the updates on the tournament as well. And until next week, we'll see you guys later. Peace. Peace. Y'all later.